This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Dr. Tim Peterson, a chiropractor and owner of Peterson Chiropractic right here in San Antonio. Dr. Peterson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Happy to be here. Awesome. We're also going to talk with Yuad Gerges, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. Yuad, welcome back to the show. Thanks again, Mark. Love to be here always. I'm your host, Mark Eminger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And Howie? And I'm Howie Nassel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising. I've been in business now for 30 years doing graphic design, web design, and search engine optimization. And I am more than happy to be here co-hosting with Mark today. Love it. Sounds I'd, like a mental condition, more than happy. Right, right. I had to pay him extra, I think, for that. We'll see. <laughs> All right, the, uh, so quick promo for our, we've got a Patreon community that we launched. Super excited about it. It's a way to bring our, our fans and our guests, you know, the entrepreneurs and the, the community around them together into one place on social media. Um, you know, a, a little thing called Patreon, which has been around since 2013. So it's been around for a minute. Um, but it's like the Let's Talk Business podcast has its own app now. It's, it's kind of what it feels like anyway. And so that's where past guests, do they have to be a guest to be a member or can they join the Patreon? No, group? anybody can join the Patreon okay. community. Yeah. So you get to network with each other virtually and get access to content that you ordinarily may not hear during the show. Yeah, exactly right. So, it, yeah, you get access to show content and chat rooms, which is a great way to talk with each other um, and ask questions. You can make uh, guest recommendations. You can actually ask questions or say questions you want to have asked of guests that are going to be coming up because we're actually going to let folks know who the guests are coming on to the show in advance, uh, at least by industry. Um, the course there's going to be exclusive content just as, such as the after show and the weekly podcast recap, which I do first thing in the morning when I get here, I actually get here early and, nice. uh, <laughs> do a little <laughs> podcast recap for the week where I get into all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. And then it, you'll get early access to official let's talk business events, such as our quarterly mixer. Um, and then of course, much more to come. I'm super excited about this thing as it unfolds. So what does it cost to be a member of the group? It's five bucks. Uh, that's it. Just five bucks a month. Um, and it supports what we're doing. I've got virtual staff, obviously, that uh, assistant who handles watching that to make sure that everything gets done. And then, of course, I'm participating as well. Right. And I'm not a I'm not a CPA, but we have a bookkeeper here. And because it's for people's business and your business is going to be listed in this Let's Talk Business podcast Patreon group, would that be considered a write off? Absolutely. Business expense. I love it. I didn't I don't think I even knew that. All right. So if you would like to be part of the Let's Talk Business podcast community, head on over to the website at satalkradio.com. And if you're looking at the table camera there, you can see the icon right up there, members only. Become a member of the official Let's Talk Business podcast community. Click on that, and we'll get you set up. Pretty easy to do, except for how you've been struggling with it, haven't yes, you? Yes, and I've only tried it on two phones and two computers. One laptop, one desktop, and it won't take my credit card. Now, does it accept American Express? Oh, maybe that's the problem. Is that that's probably it. Try a different card. But business people use Amex cards. Oh, I don't know. I'll try. I'll try the Visa. Yeah, try the Visa. We need to get you in there. I ask Imad here. How many were you there when I started dropping Howie's content, or was that where yeah. I was dropping? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole bunch. I have a whole seg uh, section for you. Do up I want to pay to watch my own content. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, you're okay. not paying for that. Done. All right, cool. Love it. All right. 
First up on the show is Dr. Tim Peterson, a chiropractor and owner of Peterson Chiropractic right here in San Antonio. So, uh, Dr. Peterson, I was doing some research courses I always do for guests that come on the show. You guys have well over 300 reviews, uh, Google reviews, at five stars. So that's not an easy thing to do, in my opinion. I mean, I have, I don't know, 40 or something. I'm at 4.9. Somebody hit me with a some review somewhere. It's getting fixed because it's not, not cool. But uh, so, but congratulations on that. Yeah, it's actually one of the funnest things is when we get a new review in the morning meeting before we start, we'll read what they wrote. And so it's just something to lift you up and remind you of why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, to have that many five-star reviews tells me that we're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. You guys started uh, the business right here, and uh, your dad did in 1985. Um, and then you joined the business in 2007. Yes. Um, and then it's a family business, right? So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so in 1985, shortly after we started, um, my mom was the first front desk person, and then my, my aunt worked there for many, many years. So it was my dad, my mom, and my aunt. Eventually, they phased out, and it was my dad was still in there, but my brother came in, and my, then my sister was there, and then I came in in 2007, and then you know, it was mostly the younger generation then as my dad kind of finally stepped out and my brother's um, wife stepped in. So, yeah, it's been always a, a family practice and we kind of adopt our other um, staff members as well. And that's that's one is, well, congrats on the 300 you know, five star reviews. Uh, number two, it's not common to have a any kind of medical practice or chiropractic business that's family owned and operated, that's multi-generational. It's hard enough having a retail business or a manufacturing business that's passed on from generation to generation. What's your secret? I think we just have a passion for the mission. And um, I think finally me and my brother and sister-in-law, we've kind of figured out where our pieces go in the practice. So we really complement each other very well in making sure everything gets done. So yeah, I think that's it. The mission is number one. Great. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your background and your professional background, how you, where you started, and then how you ended up right here in San Antonio. So um, I lived in San Antonio and graduated in San, from San Antonio, um, Taft High School back in 1987, first graduating class. And then I went to UT um, in Austin for my undergrad. And then I went to Palmer College of Chiropractic, which is in Davenport, Iowa. So um Ended up coming back and opening a practice um, in 1997 in Austin, and that's where I learned that I didn't know how to actually build a business. I knew how to be a chiropractor, but how to actually, you know, be a profitable business that could actually provide for your family. <laughs> so I was there for um, close to 10 years and um, and had had to file bankruptcy and um, my house got uh, not foreclosed on, but a short sale and like everything was just you know, run amok. So when I got to San Antonio in 2007, I was just kind of starting to rebuild myself and kind of learning actually how to run a business. And um, yeah, I think finally we got it right. We, like I said, we, we have those Google reviews. We have a, a great volume of patients getting great results and, and we're able to be profitable at the same time doing it. And 2007 and eight was, 2008 especially was not an easy time. No, it wasn't. So right. not, not a good time to be just getting reinventing kind of back yourself, into, reinventing <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've often talked on the podcast about people's setbacks, but what we really like is the comeback story. Right. And so how long did it take you to sort of get reset, find yourself and, and really evolve into what you guys have become now? I think really, um, 
the struggle went probably through about 2014, and that's when we just kind of cleared our, cleared our heads. We, we, we called it a hard reset. Go back to just even looking through the office, designing the office the way we needed to do it, um, figure out how we're going to structure things and the flow of the office and everything just basically started from scratch. And in three years in a row, we grew by over $100,000 in revenue every year. And so that's where we really started picking up speed towards, um, towards a practice that we're at at this point. So yeah. what made the difference? I mean, give us some insight into how you're able to grow at that kind of pace when you had failed before you personally. Yeah. Well, so we learned um, how to do quiet time and affirmations. And so like every morning you'd spend 20 to 30 minutes just in silence, um, just getting your head on straight, doing affirmations, looking in the mirror, reminding yourself why you're there, why you're doing it. And I mean, I think when you go into your day like that, you start your day like that, that's the way your day's going to go. And that's the way your day's going to end. And so, um, I, I do it mostly, I, I give most of the credit to just the mindset. And, uh, obviously we, we, we believe in, you know, God's helping us in the office, right. But we want to be able to do his will. And so that's how we really, um, focus in on what's, what, what we're really there for. Yeah. I, uh, I had, I've been to your website, and so there's some. You, I don't have to ask you about your point of differentiation because it's very clear based on mission based. But do you, for for our listeners and for our viewers, do you want to elaborate a little bit about the mission? Because one thing is mindset, one is you know faith based, and how, where do these lines blur, and do they, or are they two separate things that you guys kind of unify to help advance your business? Well, our, our mission that we have posted in our office is um, to provide love, hope, and healing to your family through chiropractic. And so love is the number one thing. And as a Christian, I think love always has to be the number one thing. And so whether what whatever faith you are coming into our office, there's never a judgment other than that we love you. And so that should be felt from the time they walk through the door and they're they're greeted by name and 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 you know our staff is genuinely happy to see everyone that walks through the door, except maybe like traveling salesmen. And right. stuff. But, <laughs> but other than that, so, so that mission is important. Also, the fact that chiropractic is very misunderstood by the public and even chiropractors, like sometimes I cringe at what some chiropractors do. Um, we're very gentle chiropractic office. We, we, our oldest patient's 96 year, years old and she gets great adjustments. Our youngest patients are just months old and they get great adjustments. And, um, and we don't have to worry about hurting anybody because we're so gentle. So um, we also don't focus just on relief. We want to provide a solution to a problem and then maintain it. Um, a lot of chiropractic practices, they'll, they'll adjust you. And when they say, when you're hurting again, come back in. Well, you don't ever have a dentist not address a cavity because it's not hurting, right? Because you're going to end up with a root canal or you're going to lose the right. tooth. Well, we'd rather get ahead of it and not allow it to keep getting worse until it becomes a more serious problem that maybe only surgery can help. Yeah, love that. And and I'll tell you, there is something about faith-based healing and putting your hands on somebody. There's it's a it's a it's a not only a skill set that you learned in medical school, but it's also there's something I would say not religious about it, but but certainly that goes back generations and 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 uh, you know centuries of of healers 
And it sounds like you guys take that very seriously versus, you know, going to a strip center, getting a margarita, and then getting an adjustment on the way out next door, right? Right, exactly. So um, Heart, School of Hard Knocks, I think, uh, is how I kind of, you know, those are my words for what you've been through. You know, finishing up school, to your words, you, they don't really teach you how to run a chiropractic business in there. That's, a, I think, a big miss there. Um, so when you're out on your own and you launched it, what was that? So did you just str- do your own business? Did you partner with somebody? What's that first business that didn't work? Tell me about that. So in Austin, um, when I first got out of school, I was an associate doctor for a doctor in Ohio for about a year and a half. And then I came down to Austin. My dad had just started to practice there. And so we decided to split overhead. Well, it was just too much overhead too quickly. You know, I would have started much smaller, too much overhead, um, not enough knowledge of how to market and get patients through the door. And then once you get them through the door, how to actually bring them through a process so that they have the opportunity to start care and everywhere from that point forward. So if you're not having patients coming in and the ones that you are having coming in aren't starting care, you really can't help them. So that that was probably the, the biggest downfall. And then when I came into business, I I had a child, you know, wife and a child, and one on a, on the way. So overhead wasn't going down. It was just continuing to go up. So um, I did struggle through that practice for 10 years. I was able to gain some sort of traction, but I had I was too far behind by the time I gained some traction. Yeah, and what you learn in those circumstances certainly help you accelerate growth in your next business. Yeah. Uh, anybody who has not had losses in business, I feel sorry for them because one, it's coming. And the longer you wait in your career to get those losses, the harder it's going to be to recuperate because you get older. And like you said, your hard costs, your your expenses are going up, not down. The right. older you get, the more kids you have, the, the fancier your cars are, et cetera. Um, I will tell you, though, that in business, it's almost better to be good at running a business more so than what you actually offer the public. Not that you're not going to be a good doctor, but if, if you're going to be a great doctor, you better have a good business person running the business. In my business, in my ad agency, I used to want to be that creative guy that managed all of the marketing, but my business suffered because of that. Now I spend 90% of my time running the business and I hire people to execute on the deliverables for what we do. Yeah, but as a doctor, that's a little bit harder because everybody looks to the doctor to have all of the answers when it well, comes to Well, doctors do business. know everything, actually. <laughs> I've had many doctors as clients, and that's actually the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, but still, they have practice managers okay. that are usually very good at finances, very good at HR, and then and then hopefully they have some skill set in marketing or can go find the right marketing people to help bring in the yeah, patients. Yeah, well, I'm, the I'm door. very fortunate to have my brother and sister-in-law in there taking those things off my plate so I can be the doctor. The goal would be down the road a little bit to be bringing other chiropractors in that I can train up and then I can be more of that managerial role on the chiropractor side of things. So that will transition over time. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're putting some plans into place to to hopefully grow to the next level over the next couple of years. Yeah, that was an interesting term, a practice manager. That was actually, is that a mm-hmm. thing? 
Or did yeah. you make that up? Yeah, no. I, maybe I made it up, but <laughs> it sounds good. I'm going with it. No, but the, the practice manager, the, I've, I've seen them called, you know, uh, COOs, the chief operating officer, and they run everything that the doctors don't. I love that. So, Imad, you've been over to Dr. Peterson's office, right? Yeah. I've uh, been through their <clears throat> process. What, uh, what was that like for you? It was a very unique and customizable uh, process. I mean, I loved how, um, like like Dr. Peterson was saying, the love was there from the second that you walk in. The whole staff greets you, happy faces. They stand up. Um, they know you by name. So it's a very warming experience from beginning to all the way at the end, from when they walk you through to when Dr. Peterson kind of uh, runs you through the steps that you need to take for your specific um adjustments to all the way until you're leaving. I mean, the whole staff is there with you. You feel welcomed. um, And like to your point, you feel a lot healthier just by walking in there. And so as a customer, that makes you really feel good and want to come back. Um, Like you said, yeah, you're there for some adjustments, but how you create that experience for the customer is huge. And it was it was incredible. Did you get an adjustment while you were there? I did, yeah. And how was that? He, 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 Dr. Peterson refers to it as gentle. So how was it gentle? It was it was gentle in a way where, um, I mean, when you think chiropractic, you think a bunch of cracking, crunching. Um, they used to refer, uh, refer to it as the cereal box, right? We're not cereal boxes. Um, no, so they have a tool that they use that's really gentle in it, in its... Uh, adjusts in small pieces and they explain the whole process to you which to his point is very gentle and then they ice your back at the very end to make sure that your maintenance or well taken care of afterwards and you don't feel any uh, or too much pain afterwards so they run you through what to expect which is really helpful rather than just being surprised because no one wants to get surprised especially in a doctor's office so um, I would say for the most part it was a very gentle, warm experience. So it's not like what you see on Instagram or TikTok. Not right, at all. Pulling nope, your head not and crunching. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love those when they show the skeleton and they just mess up the skeleton. You know, it's, it's a joke kind of a yeah. thing, right? Or, but yeah, the neck cracking. What's the deal there with the, because they'll get in there and they're like doing, it looks pretty serious and you hear loud poppings. Is that really necessary to do a neck adjustment? Well, I mean, obviously with our adjustments, we don't do that. Um, I, I did adjust manually in, earlier in my career, and <clears throat> it, chiropractic is good as long as it is specific. If there's 24 bones in your spine and only three of them need to move, why do we need to crunch all of them, right? So it should be very specific, and that's why we take x-rays so we can you know, not have to guess about what your spine looks like. Um, yeah, there, there are some really good manual adjustments that are very specific, but when, when you just hear a bunch of crunching and stuff, I'm like, well, that's not really what chiropractic is supposed to be. So like if, when they're doing a neck adjustment like that and they're, they're doing this crazy thing and you're not, you're coming in with your tool and you're, you're doing very specific is what you're doing just as effective as what they're doing or vice versa? When my dad first learned this way of adjusting, he was going to do it for the elderly and for children, you know, that needed a lower force adjustment. But we got such great results that he switched all of his patients over to that adjustment. So it seems like with the manual adjustments, we would get a certain amount of results. It would get to a certain point and plateau. With this kind of adjustment, it seems like we get to a certain point, plateau for a little bit get to a higher point, plateau for a bit. So I've seen patients five years into care continuing to make forward progress. So we're working with the body, not forcing it to move. So 
How do you measure results? How, obviously, the patient can tell you, oh, my God, I feel so much better. I walk better. I'm not, whatever. But how, how do you all as a So as immediately, a I'm looking at leg lengths. Okay. So each visit, I'm looking at the leg length, and I want it to come even. And so that's the first indicator. Obviously, when I'm feeling the spine before and after the adjustment, I'm wanting to feel that maybe that muscle got loose, looser. It's not sticking out like a sore thumb anymore. But we do intervals of where we do x-rays as well. Around every 12 visits, we'll do an x-ray so we can check and see, yes, we're making changes. Sometimes we'll see good things on, in one area and not so good in another. Well, if I just kept on the same path, we'd be missing the boat. So we don't want to just take the first x-rays and then hope we're making changes. So the x-rays are mm -hmm. what we kind of stand on as far as, yeah, we're making the changes that we expect to make. Now let's keep it that way. And like you said, it's got to be specific. It's not just all the bones and start. Correct. So you, you, that, I like that. I like that, that level of uh, specificity and treatment. Mm -hmm. right. Attention to detail. Details that matter, right? Yeah. All right, Doc, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, our website, petersonchiropractic.org, um, but also our office number um, is 210-691-2747, and we'd be glad to answer any questions that you have. All right. Thanks, Doc. We'll get into a little bit more in the after show that's going to be coming up here in a few minutes. Um, but thanks again. You're welcome. Appreciate that. All right. Next up on the show is Imad Gurgis, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. Imad, you're my bookkeeper. Um, yes, you guys I do am, a great right? job. We actually had a cool conversation. It was yesterday, right? And we don't have to get into what it was, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was like, uh, he asked me, and I'm like, I, I think so, yeah, whatever. So he's he's actually helped me out with that. So it's really good to have you kind of on my speed dial there. Absolutely, to yeah. get through some stuff. Okay, so end of the year, of course, coming up. Um, what's some end of year planning kind of stuff were you guys doing? And then for January, it's like, what happens in January when it comes to yeah, absolutely. Doing. So year end is is a great time for businesses, right? They're all freaking out. Oh, now's the time to get all my finances together, pull that shoebox out of the bottom of the bed that we always talk about. So um, I would like to say that with our clients, most of our clients, actually almost all of our clients are pretty stress-free, relieved. They know we're taking care of them. They know we've taken all the steps throughout the year to make sure that at the end of the year, and during the beginning of the year, they're well taken care of. And what to expect, like to your point, Mark, um, at the beginning of the year, uh, 1099s are due from all contractors, and you only have one month uh, window to get that done. So it's really important that we make sure that all those are taken care of, as well as making sure that for the whole year, the books are closed out. And then we also want to make sure that we've set up a meeting with our clients to make sure that they have their goals set for the following year so that we can make sure to continue to keep up with them, make sure they're hitting their goals, make sure their business is continuing to grow. And if there's any steps along the way that we can help them adjust with, that way uh, we take the following and steps. And in terms of uh, full disclosure, Emad is the bookkeeper for Sharkmatic Advertising <laughs> as well. And I'm always stress-free. <laughs> so I just don't know if my books are straight yet. <laughs> no, but he does. He texts me. He's like, hey, your books are done. I'm like, why? What happened? He goes, no, I'm, they're done. They're completed. I'm like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Every time I get a text from him, I think like, I got to stress out. Yeah, but no. uh, I've been in business for 35 years. I've been a partner in 25 businesses. And I can tell you most of them did not have their books or records straight, mostly because of me, because I'm more of a creative entrepreneur mind, more so than a numbers guy. But it's nice. It's nice, especially at this stage in my career to not worry about these things. So I appreciate that. And I know you've communicated with my CPAs in the past. 
um, and you'll continue to do so in the future. And anything that we're missing, he and his team reach out. So um, there's a high level of communication, which is what I like. Is and and I don't have a lot of experience with other bookkeepers, but you know I wouldn't have asked the doctor um, this specific question because I know his point of differentiation. But what's what's uh, simply bookkeeping's differentiator? What makes you guys different than other bookkeeping services here in town? Well, I think how you actually just said it yourself a couple uh, minutes ago, but our communication with our clients and with CPAs make the whole process really streamlined, easy, stress-free for everybody. So the whole concept of our company is to make sure it's a uh, smooth process for the business owner, right? We're all business owners. We all have a lot of tasks. We're all wearing a lot of hats. But the one thing you really don't want to stress about at the end of your day is your numbers, right? You want to make sure that whoever's taking care of that knows what they're doing. It's taken care of. Like you mentioned, if they have to communicate with the CPA like we do, we try to minimize the gap that we have to reach out to our customer if we really have to or the CPA has to if we already have that piece of information. So we try to make it as easy, smooth of a process as possible for the business owner. And that way they can stay focused and continue to rely on us where we can do the responsibility for them. So. Why does a business need a bookkeeper? What if they're, they have a CPA who quote unquote takes care of the books? Yeah, so, so there's a big difference between uh, bookkeeping that's specified versus a CPA that's doing your books, right? If you go to your CPA year end, and you ask them to do your books just to be able to file taxes, well, they're just going to do just what's required enough to be able to file your taxes. Whereas a specified bookkeeper like our company, we're focused more so on the overall financial overview of your business and how that's relaying to your growth patterns, as well as making sure that year-end your finances are put together enough to be able to pass over to the CPA to get that filed. So we look at it at a two-sided picture here. Yeah, the CPA needs their portion, but the business owner needs to see it from their perspective as well to make sure it actually helps them out rather than just getting something filed and then move along and forget about it. It actually becomes a very big benefit to the business owner after they become acclimated to how uh, helpful it is to their business. All right. So business owners really are sometimes we're often reluctant <laughs> to take a good, you know, care of our number or, or like our track, our finances and all that kind of stuff. Why do you think that is? It's, it's mainly because of two things. One, you're probably not sure of the compliance and all the rules and all the tax rules, which, uh, if you're not sure, you're probably hesitant of trying to do your own financing. Another part is, it's a lot of tedious work. And so if you're not sure and the numbers don't match up, well, you have to do a lot of digging. And so it's, it's a big part of why we've set up our company to make sure that we do things on a regular basis rather than doing once, uh, like one cleanup process at the end of the year. It's a lot easier to keep up with something rather than asking you, hey, what was this expense eight months ago, right? It's easier to say, hey, you've made a you know, $300 expense two weeks ago. What was it for? And so your attention to detail is a lot higher, and then accuracy is a lot higher when you do it on a more consistent basis. So, Doc, when you were going through your first business, and, and how was your tracking of the numbers and awareness 
and interpreting that data and making that data you know, relatable to what you're trying to do and awareness to, hey, this isn't going in the right direction. So like with what Imad is doing, that kind of awareness, was that something you had when you were going through that or were you really kind of winging it? Yeah, the, the, the awareness was that, that there, there wasn't enough money to last through the month, right? So that didn't think the third thing is you put your head in the, in the sand. That's what right? I was thinking. Yeah, when it's you were like, I don't want to know. <laughs> this is bad. Right. Well, but, there's but, also another reason. I mean, there's what's called owner benefit. Yes, another maybe. I, maybe I made that up too, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but owner benefit is something that owners take the benefit of a business expense that may or may not be a business expense. Cell phone car expenses, mileage, et cetera, you know, Cruises. gas plus mileage. Well, if you talk business on a cruise, you know, it might be a business expense. Might be. And so there probably is a little bit of burying your head in the sand there, but uh, you talk to a lot of business owners and I've bought half a dozen businesses. And when I take out all the owner benefits, it actually increases the bottom line of the business. It makes it more attractive to buy. Uh, to them, it looks bad because now they're not going to have that write-off. You know, to the seller of the business, but that's another reason, and it and it's and it's legit because, as the owner of a business, you want to not on purpose, but you may be commingling funds, and that's something that you really do want your bookkeeper to tell you, hey, this is this would not be this would not pass the smell yeah, test. Well, let me IRS. dig in just a little farther because, like that first business that didn't work out for you, and you ended up going into bankruptcy. If you would have had more awareness of the numbers and been able to maybe use that knowledge to do something, would that have made a difference or did, was your failure or the failure of that business something else that was beyond that? That, that was part of it. I think okay. I would have been able, if I was honest with myself and honest with my family, we would have done something to make the overhead low enough to be able to make it profitable and not add expenses on until we were solvent. Right. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty and, we're, I'm glad we're fully fully budgeted now, and everything's there's no commingling. There's every, everything's done the right way, and it makes all the difference in the world. So your head's not in the sand. No, anymore, no right? longer. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get kicked in the face in order to swallow that pride pill. For sure, you know what I mean. I was going to call it pull the bandaid off, rip the bandaid off, but getting kicked in the face <laughs> or punched in the face. Safe. I was a cop. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I ever did that. But whatever. Well, I mean, no. a lot of times, so you have to let the business owner know, okay, you know, something's, yeah, it's expensive. Sometimes you need to push off an expense. Sometimes they see it as, oh, well, it's a great investment opportunity. Well, yeah, maybe so. But is it a great investment opportunity right now? And as we look at their cash flow, then we can let them know right now is not the time for a great investment opportunity for you. Maybe so because of their cash flow trends. And so what they could see as a great opportunity could actually stunt them at the time being, but could actually have a longer effect in not returning the ROI that they were hoping. So it's, it's taking those equations into, into consideration, taking a look at what their budget is, what they've set, but also along with their cash flow and if they are a seasonal basis uh, company. And so I know you work with a lot of businesses, right? So, you know, take Dr. Peterson's previous case, right? I mean, are you, have you had any recent like experiences with that kind of a situation where they're they're not they're kind of putting their head in the sand a little bit? They don't want to necessarily be self-aware, mm -hmm. and then you're helping them kind of through that through your services has really kind of helped that surface that awareness so that right. they can do something with it. Yeah, actually, there was a recent situation very similar. Um, I'm not going to say the industry or anything, but 
it was a situation where, you know, we were running through all their numbers. Um, they continued to invest because they thought, okay, we're, we're growing, we're on the right pattern. But the reality was they weren't investing in the right areas. They needed to focus more on the internal focus of the business rather than throwing money, more money at it and hoping that it sticks. Um, to a certain degree, business owners, when they get so close to bankruptcy, they start to just really spend more money within the business. But the reality is sometimes you just got to step back a little bit and look at it from an overview. A lot of times we can help and a lot of times we can predict how many months in advance they have left at the, at the current uh, trend that they're running at. But um, in a lot of businesses, we've, we've been able to save as well. But there are certain patterns that can be uh, reflected on. A few years ago, I brought a guy named Jerry Latterman. He was the CFO of Continental Airlines or United, United Airlines. And he calculated and told the, the CEO, President CEO and the board of directors how many months they had left before they would run out of money when the pandemic started. And that kind of lit a fire under their feet to go and negotiate with the U.S. government and with their vendors, Boeing and everybody else, to extend terms up more than two years to be able to get through it. And that's what saved the airline. And they were literally, they counted the number of days, I think it was two and a half months worth yeah. of days before they ran out of money and they were burning $30, $40 million a day is what they were losing. It's all so, about planning. Yeah, planning yeah. and knowing your numbers. Exactly. And being humble, too. I was, I'm serious. It's like you've got to be okay with somebody telling you that you're going in the wrong direction and yeah. to be able to adjust. That's just a, a big part. I'm sure Dr. Peterson would agree with that. It's Absolutely. like sometimes we have to learn the hard way. All righty, Mod, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Absolutely. So they can actually uh, either directly call me. I'd love to have a free consultation with any business owner that uh, would love a talk at 832 518 nine three six eight or they can check out our website at simplybookkeeping.com that's simply with an i not a y all right thanks you might appreciate it always a pleasure to have you in there thanks again, um, Mark. all right as we wrap up this show we're going to get into the after show here in just a minute uh, a quick reminder check out our latest podcast and catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com where you can also join the let's talk Bo uh, business podcast community on patreon all right. Great job, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Wonderful. Excellent.